Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And it's time to say good morning to Chris Barnsby. We spoke about this free-for-all at uh, Gloucester Park. We'll elaborate a little bit more when Matt Young joins us, Chris. But I see Tab have got Chicago Bull, uh, one of your faves there, um, quite short uh, to win the race. Is that right? 155? Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Good draw. He was, yeah, he was good last week, Steve, chasing home Jumping Jack Mack. And he's much better drawn. He had a poor draw last week. And Junior gets back behind. He had a bit of a COVID scare, I think, last week, which ruled him out of that meeting last Friday night. But he's uh, he's set to return to race driving tomorrow night. So uh, it'll be interesting. But uh, we'll talk more about that with mm. Matty Young. Also, Steve, I'm going to track down Rod Lakey. Uh, as we know, Rod Lakey has taken over the training of Lock and Varad. And Lock and Varad is set to trial tonight at Shepparton. This will be his second trial back. So there's a number of questions that we can throw at Rod. Uh, regarding Lock and Varad and future plans. They're talking Victoria Cup. They're even talking New Zealand Cup, the end of the minute in Melbourne uh, later this year. So there's a lot coming up with Lock and Varad. So we'll talk to Rod Lakey a little bit uh, later and uh, hopefully Hayden Barnes will join us very soon. We spoke with Brendan yesterday. This is his big brother, Hayden, and he brought up a big milestone uh, earlier this week career win number 500 for Hayden. So hopefully he won't be too far away. He's with us now, Chris. Hayden, good morning and congratulations. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Thank you. Did you know that milestone was pressing? Uh, I did a little bit. I sort of... Oh, I didn't think I was actually going to get there for a while. Um, but had a pretty good couple of weeks there and got it quicker than I thought I was going to. Well, you did it in style. You brought up a driving <laughs> treble on, on Monday night at Redcliffe, so that got you over the line. But tell me this. Are you officially 501? Have you got a victory in New Zealand that hasn't been brought across to Australia? Uh, yes, I did drive a winner in New Zealand a few years ago, so I'm not sure if it has counted in, in that 500. So I could be 501, could be 500, I'm not sure. Okay. Was that in the North or South Island of New Zealand? Uh, North Island. Okay. okay, so 500 victories now. You're only, what, 26 years of age. You're still chasing that elusive group one winner. Is that the goal? Is that the ultimate aim for you? Yeah, pretty much. I don't think I've got any for race winners, to be honest. So sort of, that's probably my next target now, to just try and get a good enough drive to be able to win a group race. So you haven't got any sort of listed or, or group twos or three victories against your name? Um, I think I got some listed winners, but no more. Okay, okay. You've been close in a few big races as well. Yeah, I've run a few places in some, like a few seconds, and but never actually got over one first. Okay. What's been the highlight so far for you during your career in harness racing? Um, geez, I wouldn't really be able to pinpoint anything. Um, Probably my favourite win would probably be a splashing red on North View Hustle when we first got you. Yeah. Um, also, going across to Canada for a month, that was pretty special as well. Did you have any success up there? Did you drive some winners up there? Uh, in Canada? Yeah. Uh, I had one, one race drive. I think I ran third or fourth. 
Yeah. Okay. Now, as I mentioned, we spoke with Brendan yesterday. There's only, what, just over 12 months separating you guys. How competitive are you two boys on the racetrack? Yeah, it's sort of pretty competitive. When you're in the same race together, you sort of I always want to try and beat him. And for a while there, we were having, um, well, this is probably how bad my run sort of went. We were having races to say 500 and 400, and I sort of fell off the chain there, and I got left behind, and he kept going. Okay. Is there any friendly ribbing involved there then? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> All right. You, you mentioned Northview Hustler. You won the flashing red with him at Albion Park. That was a few years ago now. Is he the best horse that you've driven? Yeah, he would have to be the best horse I've driven. He's um, okay. shown a foot and sort of what he can do when he's in front. I don't think I've shown a horse that can do what he's or that I've driven a horse that can do what he can. Okay. Now, I wanted to bring him up because he returns to racing this Saturday night as well. Uh, he had that issue. What happened last time out? Um, he had a heart fibrillation his last start, and I reckon he did it pretty early in the race as well. But sort of like he didn't didn't even want to come out the gate at all, and he sort of off the bit straight away. And then yeah, he pulled up with a heart fibrillation. All right. So he's been back to the trials. His trial last Thursday. Did he surprise you in any way, shape, or form last week with that trial? He did a little bit. We sort of, the plan was to give him a pretty decent hit out as free for all is up here pretty tough. So he's racing Saturday night there and sort of needed a hit out just to make sure that if he got a good enough draw that he's going to be right in the finish. So, he, yeah, he was, he was super sharp. Mm. 53.70 went in a trial at Redcliffe. Track record's 53.1. And it only looked like you got serious just in the last 600 metres once you moved into the back straight final time. Yeah, I sort of put the whip on him and got up, in a, got up him a little bit and he knuckled down that last half nice look. Okay. So, fitness-wise, he looks like he's, you know, close to the mark. Uh, you know, and as you said, you're going straight back into free-for-all company. So, it's not easy, but what are the expectations for Saturday night? Um, I think he should race really good. Pretty sure he's come through that trial nicely. And um, the only thing is just... Not that good of a draw, really. The sort of speed inside and out. So I think it's going to be a tricky little race, but I do expect it to race quite well. Okay. Star Galleria, he's landed the inside gate, last start winner. Mac Da Vinci, last start winner on your outside out in gate seven. Are they the speed horses that you're worried about early? Yeah, I think so. It's sort of even um, still take Colt 31 there. He most likely pressed four and then. Does he either find the front or does he sort of want to let us go to see where we end up? That's, I think there's a lot of scenarios that could play out. Okay. And just with future plans with Northview Hustler, uh, Darren Clayton and I were talking about it yesterday. There's no, you know, genuine number one seed here in the open class ranks in Brisbane right now. Could this be a campaign where Northview Hustler, you know, can be right in that conversation and be regarded as one of the better free-for-allers up here? I'd like to think so. It's sort of everyone knows what he can do when he's in front. It's very hard to beat. I think if if he comes back probably after this little freshen up there and he starts doing it off the off a helmet, well, I think he could be a serious contender for that. Mm. 
Some of his better runs, though, previously, have been off cover. The night he ran second in the Redcliffe Cup, he, he was flying home that night. So he is capable of coming off cover. He is. I think it's just sort of how the race gets run. Like, the Redcliffe Cup, they sort of bowl along the whole way, and it wasn't super quick last quarter. If they get home in a 26 or something, which it just takes sort of his point-to-point speed out of it, and they get home just as quick as he is. Okay. Just on that uh, that question, who is the best free-for-aller in Queensland right now? Who would you nominate? Um, whatever horse finds the front. <laughs> is it that open? I think so. I think it's sort of... Uh, every horse up here can run a good time, run a good half. It's sort of whatever horse gets the right draw or the right trip, I think pretty much will win it. All right. Well, we look forward to that free-for-all on Saturday night. Another special moment for you was realised last Saturday night with your trotter. You own and train this trotter, Giap Netty. Uh, he was able to score at Ellaby and Park. Again, he went off at big odds like he does uh, when he wins at Ellaby and Park. He just seems to be shunned by punters and he defies them. But he was able to break through for $200,000 in earnings. Now, he's been a ripper for you, this guy. He has. He's been super since I've had him and can't fault anything he does and sort of I'd probably be lost without him lately actually to be honest. Just just on his record, he's won nineteen races and by my calculations he's won nine for you. Does, does that sound about right? Yeah, I think it's about eight or nine. Okay. Why is he so special for you, Hayden? I uh, I think he's earned just over a hundred for myself and um, couldn't, well, to be honest, he's just been perfect for me. Give me a fair few winners and run, I think he runs second in the DJA twice and won three heats or something. So we nearly got our first group one together, but not quite. Mm. Well, there's been some good times. There's no doubt about it. Did he surprise you last week with that win? Well, yes and no. He um, hadn't raced him for a couple of weeks, so he galloped in both of the DJA heats, but, which is very uncharacteristic for him. So I thought it'd give him another freshen up, as, which I did quite a bit. Um, and once he's the best of that run, he's very hard to pass when he's in. Were you surprised that you got the lead in that race last week? Yeah, I didn't know where I was end up. I thought Lahama Commander, he probably doesn't run the 2600 that well. And that's why I sort of wanted to have a, have a look at him. But nothing really stepped, whether it's a false start, they didn't get away as quick or or not. But once he's down the front, I thought it might, might be very hard to beat. Okay. Well, he backs up again on Saturday night. He's back behind the mobile gate on Saturday night. And he's drawn the inside of the second row. What are you expecting this weekend? Mobile brings it down to the level playing field a fair bit. 2,100 and, and the mobile is uh, probably not the best at, but I expect that he should still race quite well. As long as he does everything right, he'll be not far away. Okay. Well, that's Saturday night. You've got four drives today at Redcliffe. But interestingly, three of those four drives that you, you've taken today... 
you're sitting behind these horses for the first time, so it's a little bit different there. Yeah, it's something I don't do a lot of these days. Uh, normally, I stay to my same trainers and drive to them every week, but yeah, it's nice to get a few outside drives. Okay, uh, just looking at it, Vermont's in very good form, and this is the one horse that you do have a really good association with. Is that the pick of your drives today, or is there something else there? Billy Godiva, who's a last out winner, do you rate her? Yeah, it's just a nice trip, Billy Godiva. So if it if the one leads and she sits behind it, well, she might be a chance as well. But Vermont's race is really consistent at the minute. If she gets the right trip, she definitely won't be far away either. Okay. You're enjoying good success at Reckland, in particular when you when you team up with Lola Wiedemann. Yeah, they've been terrific for me lately and unfortunate for them with both of them out with injuries, but they've been great supporters for me lately and I can't take them enough. So Lola and Julie both with broken arms right now? Yes, both of them with broken arms, yes. Okay, okay. All right, we wish them speedy recovery. We wish you continued success. Good luck today. Congratulations on that milestone. 500 career wins. Hopefully, the next 500 will uh, come uh, real quick. Let's hope so. Thank you. There's Hayden Barnes joining us, Steve. So um, he's got a couple of good chances today, and he's got a couple of good chances across the weekend. But Northview Hustler is going to be the uh, the real interesting horse for him on the weekend when he lines up in that free-for-all going up against Star Galleria and Mac Da Vinci, both of which are last-up free-for-all winners. But isn't he right, Chris? I was sort of going to suggest that yesterday with the free-for-all. It's whatever sort of gets the right run in front or near the lead if they they back off or whatever. Um, they seem very even. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, uh, I, And I think that's not only here in Queensland. I, you can almost sort of take that rule right across the country. Absolutely. Our next guest, I'm very keen to find out what's happening with this horse, Chris. Third quarter in 28-5. King of Swing in front. Lock and Varart comes to the outside of him, though. They've dashed away from the others. It's King of Swing. The outside Lock and Varart. Lock and Varart goes up now. Lock and Varart puts pay to King of Swing. And it's Lock and Varart's Pride's Easy Feed Victoria Cup. What a win. Lock yeah, what a win. What a horse. And he's on the comeback trail. And his recent trial looked good. Chris, and you said he's going to trial again tonight. Yeah, he's scheduled to trial tonight. And the man that's putting uh, the polish on Lock and Varad is about to join us now. And he's going to give us all the info about his upcoming campaign, Rod Lake. He's online with us now. Rod, appreciate the time. No problem. How are you, Chris? I'm really well. How big a thrill is it for you to get up each and every morning and put the polish on a horse like this? Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, I've got to pinch myself sometimes. It's um, it's it's lovely to uh, to get up and uh, yeah, work with a quality animal and and fast work a quality animal, and uh, it it just makes the uh, long hard days easier. Well, Steve Hewlett's with me, and this is his favourite pacer. He loves Lockin Varat. Produces the replays all the time. There's a different one each and every time. <laughs> But he's met the best, he's beaten the best, so it's exciting for what lies ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, he's, we know what he's capable of, so, um, yeah, all, all going well, fingers crossed. He, yep. uh, he, he comes back and um, can show us, show us the arty the of old. How confident are you that you can keep him sound, this preparation? Uh, yeah, very confident. Um, there's there's been you know uh, no no soundness issues at all. Uh, his last 
last campaign. He had uh, three starts. Um, we we just decided to give him a little freshen up in between after those three starts um, because it's a it's a huge ask of any any horse to have 12 months off and and come back and race against the best and often do it sitting in the death and uh, we we thought three starts um, was enough would give him a a little spell <clears throat> just a couple of weeks and. Um, in that time, he, he, he didn't break down or anything like that. He just stood on himself in the box, and he did a fairly good job of it. It, uh, it meant six six weeks in the, of uh, box rest. He, he had it in a cast. So as far as breaking down goes, <clears throat> no, no, he's as, he's as sound as a bell, and I'm, not, I'm personally not worried about that part of it at all. Okay. How pleased were you after that first up trial only a couple of weeks ago? Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I think I, I, I put it down as a, a, a tick personally. Um, he's, he's run his, his own last half in 55-something. Uh, um, they've, got, they've got to be absolutely capable of that when they're uh, in the calibre that Artie is and, and racing those, those types of horses. So... Um, uh, it, it he he had to win that trial, um, to be honest, because there's a, a lot of horses in it that weren't up to his class, um, and he didn't exactly uh, put them away or anything like that. But he wasn't he wasn't there to put them away. He was just there to have a nice easy first trial, and, and I think we achieved that, and, and he did all that he could have been asked of, um, considering considering what he what he's done so mm. tonight tonight he's in again at the trials shepherd and trials it'll be interesting to see how he goes you'd want to see some sort of improvement i think on that um but without getting carried away like he doesn't he doesn't have to do anything silly he just has to keep improving like any horse so you're not going out to bust the clock tonight no nah, no nah, there'll be no no clock busting he's um uh we've like uh, we've got in the front of our mind that we just want to want to take our time with him, let the horse tell us when he's ready. Um, there'll be no no rushing him into anything for any particular race. We'll just let him uh, get get himself fit, and um, when when we think he's ready or when he's showing us he's ready, then we'll we'll start to look at races. But at this stage, no, it's just keep trialing and keep keep doing it well within himself and. Um, and see see where that takes us. Okay, so is is there another trial likely after tonight, or will tonight determine whether he's ready to go back to the races for another trial? <clears throat> um, no, it, it definitely will just be determined. Um, it's it's just one week at a time. Um, so will he's definitely stripped fitter from last from his last trial a fortnight ago. He he looks fantastic. He looks he looks fit. Um, so I'm I'm expecting in, improvement in him personally, but now again we'll just we'll just make sure that um, he's well. What, he won't be presented to the races until he's ready, and um, we'll just see what tonight brings. Um, we don't we don't do a lot with them in track work, so you know we'll we'll learn as much as anyone will from this trial and how much how much he's improved from the last one, and we'll just uh, go from there. But no, we won't be. We won't be trying to break any records or anything, do anything silly. It'll be just um, a natural progression for him. 
Okay. Do you know what you're up against tonight as far as opposition or the fields haven't been determined as yet? No. No, the fields come out at about half past one. So um, uh, there's... No, I don't know at this stage, but <clears throat> uh, the last couple of weeks there haven't haven't been any um, true free-for-allers in there. That's um, not to say there won't be tonight, but no, we, we don't know for sure. Okay. Rod, there's been plenty of talk about what lies ahead for Locke and Varart with everything going to plan because the end of the Minions in your own backyard later this year, the Victoria Cup is pending. There's even been talk of a New Zealand Cup race. So there's a lot on offer in a short space of time before we get to the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's uh, obviously the Vic Cup and the Inter are in our own backyard, so that's, <clears throat> that works out really well for him. Um, but as far as any lead-up races or anything goes, we've, um, we've all... Um, gone put it like I said put it front of mind that we're we're not going to look at races or have any planning um, um, structured to aim him for until he he puts in a trial you know that's that we think is worthy of going to the races and and we'll just let it unfold so um, all those all those things are are there and they're up uh, um, they're they're could be scheduled in, but uh, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and just um, let let him show us when he's ready. Mm. Right, have you ever weighed the horse? I'm just wondering what his condition was like in that Victoria Cup compared to now at this stage of his preparation. Carrying, you know, weight is what I'm talking about. How much additional yeah. weight? Um, well, I didn't uh, I didn't have anything to do with uh, Artie back when he won the Victoria Cup, so um, no, I, I, I couldn't help you with that and I don't know if Dave weighs him or not. He, he probably does. He's he's pretty good with uh, keeping his finger on the pulse of all those sort of things. But we we certainly haven't weighed him uh, this time in. We um, I go more on on looks uh, than anything else. And to me, like I said, he's stripped fitter. He looks he looks good. Um, and this this run will tell us a lot tonight. I think. He's not serving mares this upcoming breeding season again, or is he? Uh, no, that's uh, to be honest. That I don't um, take any part of that sort of uh, yeah. part of the business. That's up to um, Kevin Gordon and Dave and um, whoever else is is involved. And so that's not <clears throat> my part. But um, as far as I'm aware, no. No, fair enough. And just with the Inter Dominion, uh, the fact that it's in Melbourne, but the heats yep. uh, are going to be staged at uh, the, the regional centres. Just in your opinion, is that fair or unfair? We saw it last year where the heats were taken at Newcastle, Bathurst, uh, and they had a round of heats at Menangle. But just to have these sort of, you know, high-powered horses that they are, they're the best of the best yep. as far as harness racing is concerned. Is it yep. fair to have them going all around the place? Uh, yeah, I, I personally think they'll, they'll handle it um, okay. I, I don't think... Um... You know, physically or mentally, it would be anything that too too um, hard on the horses. Um, there's obviously a, a marketing idea behind it, or whatever it may be, for them yeah. to do that and uh, to to bring quality horses to regional tracks. And I don't I don't think um, the the tracks. I think it. Um, I can't even remember off off the top of my head where it is. It might be Ballarat and Geelong and uh, somewhere else, but it's. Um, you know, then they're, they're not they're not a long way to travel. 
Um, and I think the, the horses will handle it fine. Yeah, okay. And just with the, tonight's trial, Nathan Jack, does he take the drive in the trial? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, fingers crossed he gets through and he ticks all the boxes that you were hoping he will tick tonight, and then uh, it'll be only a matter of time before he's back at the track. Yeah, exactly. It'll be exciting for everyone and um, uh, all going well. We'll, uh, you know, he's a very popular horse with, with um, the petting public and hopefully we'll uh, see him back to his best. Yep, absolutely. Now, one final one before I let you go. We've got yes. Nick Lakey up here, very good thoroughbred trainer. Yeah. How are you guys related? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I become aware of uh, Mick Lakey. Um, I used to work in Queensland for Barry Baldwin uh, doing the gallopers, so I was very aware of Mick. There was a Mick Lakey um, training training horses up there, but I never got to meet him in person. And uh, <clears throat> he obviously goes all right. He's been around for a while because that was 2000, back when I was in Queensland training and driving and working for Barry. So, no, I don't know if there's a relation, uh, a relation there, but... Um, it's, it's not a very common name, so there might be. Mm. Was Baggio around in those days for Barry Baldwin? Baggio? Who, who, sorry? A horse called Baggio the Grey, or was that a bit before your time? Uh, no. Who was the star no. of the stable then? Uh, Arimathea back then. Oh, yes. Of course, yeah. Matty Tremble ended up with him when Barry went to Macau. He might have done, yeah. yeah. When Barry went to Macau, I come back to Victoria. So that's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I brought Arimathea over to the Vic, Vic Derby and... Um, yeah, that's and I stayed in Victoria, and Barry went to Macau. So mm, very that's good how horse. that unfolded. Yeah, blue, yeah, blue colours, didn't he have? Uh, yeah, blue and white stars, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Barry's a, obviously a very <laughs> great training trainer. He's a genius, really. So, yeah, no, I was very lucky to learn learn off him. Yeah, he's got Puntura in Saturday, and of course, in recent times, the Candyman, which you probably followed closely. Yeah, I love Candyman. It's good good to see uh, Barry back and. Um, I don't know how many he works nowadays, but he, he certainly still gets his fair share of success. And, yeah, there's, <clears throat> I can see why he's a, he's a very good horseman. Mm, just with the, this Lock and Varad, everyone wants to know about the horse. Obviously, as you just said, so so popular and talented. Are you feeling any pressure with a horse like this? Uh, I, I personally don't because I'm, I'm just... Uh, <clears throat> like I've come in late on the scene, as most people know. Um, Dave got a little suspension, and I obviously I worked for Dave, um, so it made sense to put the horses over into my name. So, no, I I personally don't feel any um, any pressure, but uh, I'm sure Dave does. Like race race nights are different when you're given the given the reins and you've got the job to do, and you're also the trainer. And there's um, there'd have to be pressure uh, associated with all that, I would imagine. It'd be very emotional if he does win when he comes back. Uh, I think I think there would be a fairly good party if Artie happened <laughs> to, uh, yep. yeah, salute. Thanks for joining us. Well, gr- no, yeah, thanks no for joining us, Rod, and continued success with him. My pleasure. Thank you for your time. Mm. So I'll be picking your brain tomorrow morning, Chris, to ask all about that trial. Hopefully we can see some vision of it. Yeah, we'll, we'll track it down for sure and certain. Uh, the Shepherd and Harness Racing Club are good with their trial coverage, so we'll uh, we'll track it down, and hopefully it's a, uh, a pleasing report card to pass on. But uh, we need these stars back at the track, Steve, so it's good that he's getting close. 
So hopefully it's only a couple more weeks mm. before he's back under race conditions. I also like Chicago Ball, but honestly, I couldn't take twos on about him, Chris. That's my opinion. <laughs> Do you reckon Matt Young would take twos no, on? No, not in a million years. <laughs> Matt, good morning. Good morning, boys. Is that way too short? Yes. It's ridiculous. Now, I've got to ask this question before we break down this race tomorrow night. The last two weeks, we've seen with the free-for-all, there's been really strong support for the eventual winners. Is there anything to read into that, or are the market framers just getting it wrong? Um, I think, yeah, look, I think um, Diego deciding to lead two weeks ago, uh, we mentioned that last week, that I didn't have that in my possibility, but I probably that's probably on me. Um, I should have looked at it a bit more closely and thought, well, if they want to lead with Diego, he probably could win. So um, that was just a matter of getting the map wrong. And uh, Chicago Bull went from being a $1.30 chance leading to uh, probably $3 chance sitting behind Diego. So uh, the Connections decided to lead with him that night. And then last week, the money, the avalanche of money for jumping Jack Mack came once the... Um, article came out written by Tim Walker after speaking with uh, Ray Jones about Labrador and saying that they're going to do the conservative approach and jump in behind jumping Jack Mack and then the avalanche came because no pressure. So uh, that's just how it looked on paper and that's why there was so much support for him. So that's probably been the reasoning behind uh, both of those market moves. Find the leader, find the winner. It's normally how it works at Gloucester Park. So, well, you go a long way to getting a winner if you'll be able to find the leader. Is that why they're looking at changing the track and adding some camber? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not 100% sure across everything uh, with what's happening at the track. Uh, being in WA for my whole life, I've heard a lot of changes are going to happen to Gloucester Park for the, as long as I can remember, at least 20, 20 odd years or more, and nothing's actually happened. So, uh, we'll just wait and see what happens, but they are looking at different things. Um, until I start seeing things happen, then it's like we've been told for years that we're going to get lights at Pinjarra Trotting Club, but we still race in the day because no one's given us lights. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'll just wait and see what happens before. Yeah, because Chris mentioned that. We talked about this yesterday. If they did do some renovations there, upgraded that track, where would they race the meetings? Where would they hold the, the Gloucester Park meetings? Well, I would imagine that they would race them at Bunbury. Uh, they've done that when they've had work done on the track previously. And I think over that period of time that they raced at Bunbury, there was more long shots came in than ever before. And horses were winning from anywhere and horses were leading and weren't able to win. And it seemed to be a lot more fairer racing in that regard, um, competitive racing. So, yeah, that's where they would go. Um, and Pinjarra would be would be one of the main features. If there was never a Gloucester Park again, then I would suggest lights would be going to Pinjarra and that would become the premier track of the state, sharing with Bunbury, of course. Okay. Now, just on the free-for-all scene then, Steve and I were talking about this earlier, just on the on the Queensland scene, if you find the fence there at Albion Park and the free-for-alls, nine times out of ten, they're getting home. So it's a similar type situation over there in Perth, isn't it? Yeah, because all the horses are so similar, this is what I say. Yeah, I prefer I prefer betting on uh, the country racing, which I'm different to a lot of your main punters because I actually like uh, picking out the best of a bad bunch. 
Uh, when you go to Gloucester Park, in the classes that they're in, you've got a field of 12, and that's why you get the short price favourites when they draw to lead, is because they can all run similar times. And if you're running uh, three minutes for a mile and a half off the front, uh, then every horse further back has got to go a little bit quicker. And then you're talking coming wider and trying to run 255, which uh, wide and quick last half, it's just near on impossible. Horses all seem to be able to run the similar time and they can control things more on an 800-metre circuit. So that's why we see the favourites when they draw well at Gloucester Park really firm up. And then if they draw poorly the next start, you could see them go out at 80 to 1. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just part of the evolution of racing. Uh, it's just so competitive, especially at that metropolitan level. So well, it'll be interesting. So this race... I was just going to say, go I, I think uh, the, the perception that the trots is uh, there's no value in the trots or they do all these things to try and change uh, how the races are going to be run and try and make it not leader dominated but ultimately with the way the races are run in Australia and the, the patterns that are formed due to form and the way racing is uh, it's going to be a leader dominated sport and that's just the way it is it's um the drivers are smart, the trainers are smart, they're able to, or the drivers especially, are able to rate other horses out of the event. That's why they're out there driving. So I think, um, yeah, it's hard to change when that's pretty much what the sport is. It is leader-dominated, and it will never change, in my opinion. And I think in many ways, too, punters are smart, too. They can work out who's going to be in front, so that's why you see these horses that are being well-tried, because the punters are a lot smarter than probably what they used to be. Not saying that they weren't previously, but I don't think they get the respect that they deserve. Well, I think it's more these days is everything is, you're able to watch everything. Uh, the edge has gone to the people mm. who go and watch trials or uh, go around to the country meetings and watch races live that weren't on Sky Channel. Everything is available to you to be able to watch. So now you've got a heap of punters that have got the same thought process. And if the market is wrong or if there's if there's some sort of discrepancy it will be picked apart pretty quickly because there are a lot more smarter yeah. punters out there now than I would say ever before mm. Yeah I agree, I agree So Chicago Bull is he any chance of starting any shorter than that current quote he is right now? No, no he, I, he will drift for sure Um yeah, I think he, he might have a fair headache at the end of this race um, because the, I was watching last week and saw that Labrajo didn't get a clear run and Ray Jones was conservative last week. As a rule of thumb, Ray isn't very conservative. He's is a man. He's quite a nice man. Uh, but he likes to drive this horse tough. And last week he erred on the side of caution after a few weeks between runs and decided to do the right thing by the horse, and he didn't get a clear run. So I think they may have just sh shaken the cage a little bit and awoken the beast. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident that Bully's going to have a headache after Friday. What could they do in Vault and Tin from the inside? Has he got any gate speed, much gate speed? He has got gate speed. He's got the speed to be able to lead if he wishes to do so. His form suggests he probably shouldn't lead at this stage. Um, he's really tapered off since he's... A flurry of uh, second in the Bunbury Cup and the win the Narragin Cup. So 
he's just sort of tapered off a touch, which makes things a little bit more difficult for him. And with the class of horse in the field over 2,500, I think with the barrier draw, they'd probably take the sit uh, to whoever's going to lead. So most likely it would be Chicago Bull. So who wins this race, in your opinion, then, tomorrow night? Leverage i very keen. Very keen. I'm, uh, I'm actually scared how confident I am that he'll really make a statement tomorrow night and prove that uh, he is right up there with the upper echelon of horses that we have in this state. He's um, he's an absolute beast. Uh, he's had a few runs under his belt. His runs have been good. And he's just... He's like smoking up in the aspect of the the harder you drive him and if you go out there with the hate that you have for him, even though you love him, if you drive him like you hate him, he responds to it. And horses like that, they just thrive off of being driven tough. So 2,500, this horse is recorded 154 and 4 as a three-year-old over 2,500 around Gloucester Park. I think uh, he will try and punish whoever's in front and that looks to be Chicago Bull to try and prove a point and I think he's good enough and he's ready to be able to handle that and hold off any late challenges. Chris Lewis is very good at being able to drive that situation so I think just everything points to him. I know he opened at $7. I just can't believe that. I marked him a lot shorter. Yeah, well, you can get a dollar eighty-five the place. Obviously, no third dividend, but that dollar eighty-five to run first or second, and Chicago's a dollar fifty-five to win. Yeah, look, I, I think whatever beats Labrador, in my opinion, will win the race. If he puts too much pressure on uh, Chicago Bull, cracks him, but then you've got a horse like Jumping Jack Mack or Minstrel coming from the back of the field, they've got a chance to be able to get him late. They'll get their chance. But I think um, I think Chris will, with the way the bully's going, I think Chris will know that he might have bully's measure just applying normal race pressure. I don't think bully's going as good as he can do. So, um, yeah, he's a horse that I've mentioned a few times. And he's still racing well, bully, but he's definitely not racing to what he was a few years ago. So I think Labrador Joe can really step out tomorrow night. I'm very... Very keen on his chances to be able to uh, monster that field and really put his hand up and say that he's back. Okay, so is he your best bet at yes. the program tomorrow night? Yeah, yep, 100%. All right, race five, number five. I can't wait for this race now tomorrow night, Steve. This is going to be a ripper. So yeah, uh, I look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other good news... <laughs> The other good news, just from from your viewpoint, just from the va- uh, family viewpoint, the filly's back in action tomorrow night. She had that little setback, but she returns and she goes around in the opening race tomorrow night. Yeah, I uh, caught up with Shane last Thursday and uh, he had been given the all clear by the vet that she was A-OK. So, um, yeah, she's back. Uh, she'll go into this race Friday and then Shane's lining up the Country Oaks, which... I think, is it Bunbury or... It's either Bunbury or Pinjarra. I'm pretty sure it's Bunbury. And then line up the Westbreds, which are in uh, September. And he's got the Oaks, the Derby, Donny's Daughter Classic, uh, Western Gateway Pace. There's a, there's a heap of feature races for him going all the way through. So, yeah, very exciting times. And no doubt he's itching to uh, get back out on track with her. And it looks a really winnable race for her again.
All right. Well, I'm going to talk more about her next week because I've got a stack of questions regarding Wonderful to Fly, but I'll let her strut her stuff tomorrow night and I'll uh, save all those questions for next week. But really appreciate it as always, Matt, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to this race tomorrow night and we'll look forward to the chat next week. Go, go Labra Joe. Cheers, boys.